0: You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan (laughs) Bayazit. Welcome back everybody, episode 58 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, today following a big match. But before I even get into the details, let me introduce my co-host and your favorite, Khan Bayazid, everyone! How are you doing, Khan?
1: Hey, uh, what's what's up? Did we win or something? Yeah, you seem upbeat. Why you keep why do you keep introducing me as everyone's favorite? Do people send you messages like hate mail? Like, oh, okay, <laughs> shut up, sir. We want to hear Con talk more. Like he doesn't talk enough already. <laughs> yeah, or.
0: yeah, I doubt that's the case. Huh? No, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I. It's it's my whole you know, my my mythos, my ethos. You know. It's, uh, remember how I used to talk about the haters that didn't exist? You know, you, yeah. I, I need I need opposition to thrive. You know, I, I gotta make up I gotta make up heat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. We all do. Bistich need their rivals too. So let's hope Fenerbahce don't relegate, shall we?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. uh, well, uh, that, that might be a stretch, cut. <laughs> uh, but let's definitely not entertain the idea that like versus for our rivals. Because, uh, but let's not oh, they, can rele- they
1: can relegate. I won't miss them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of versus four, uh there happens to have been a match today held in the Vodafone Park between Besiktas and Persospore. So how's that for an intro? The fake rivals. Um, so, shall The
1: plastic rivals.
0: The plastic rivalry. The the, yeah. the, the one-way rivalry, if you if you. Will. The
1: one-way plastic rivalry.
0: <laughs> that uh, should be the title of the episode.
1: That should be the <laughs>
0: Um...
1: We should just refer to them henceforth as the plastic rivals or something.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I dig it. Well, so we had a match. And I don't want to spoil it. And I'll just cut right into it. I'll, I'll cut right to the chase. So Besiktas threw out as their starters. Lars Karius in the goal. Bokan Gornul and Adriano on the, in, on the flanks. Isimat Mirin or Isimiran. <laughs> as he was referred to throughout the match by the commentator vida hutchinson Tokuz, and then on the wings lens and guven yalcin for a surprise perhaps and liaic behind the striker who was burak ilmaz uh any comments on that Khan? any surprises to you in that starting lineup
1: I was hoping for, for Kagawa to get a start. I, I really thought that he deserved it after uh, what he showed us against Antalya Spor. Uh And I, I don't. You can tell me that he can't play 60 minutes. I mean, yeah, he hasn't I played much this season, but I'm, I'm sure he could have played 60 minutes. Um, and, and look at Buak. I mean, he didn't play much this season, and he immediately got 60 minutes in his first two games from Shinol. So I was a little bit peeved about that. But then when I ultimately, you know, saw how hard and how much work that Guven did in this match and how important he was, I think, for the, not so much in, in regards of being involved in, in, spoiler alert, the goals, but just his all-around work rate and, and like uh, like we like to say in Dutch, the dirty meters that he made, uh, mm-hmm. he, he just, yeah, he, he worked very hard for the team and uh, played a very selfless game and he did really well, so... In hindsight, I can be disappointed with the choice that Sienel made, but I, I definitely would have preferred to s- see Kagawa start. I just want to see them build that chemistry between Kagawa, Leitch, Lens, and, and Burak. I just think that's that's the thing that is going to be get vital. us somewhere, mm-hmm. and I think the quicker you get to that point, the better.
0: Fully agreed. Yeah, I'm fully with you on that. And I was also pleasantly surprised surprised by but we'll we we'll, but we'll get into that. In analysis. The one thing I, I don't want to talk about much, but I think needs to be mentioned, is what on earth. So, I, all right, we we did a poll. I remember when we first signed Nicolas Isimat Midin, uh, and I, <laughs> I said, what name will he be referred to as? Will it be Isimat? Will it be Midin? Will it be Isimat Midin? And like other, you know. And I thought we might get a joke, like the beast or something. No. Today we got something <laughs> entirely new. And Khan, I mean, just had, is Miran? So for a while it was just, Miran, Miran. And I was like, this that guy's was... name is Mirin. Okay, so uh,
1: the first time I heard him say it, I thought he said Milan.
0: <laughs> Me too, Khan I was like, who's Milan? And I was like, so oh, he's talking I... about Mirin.
1: So then it turned out to be Miran, yeah. which I was like, huh? And then it kind of morphed into Miran, which is fine. Because that's kind of how you have to pronounce it in, in French, I assume. Miran, ici miran. But okay. then he, but then he morphed it into ici miran, or miran, Isi miran. And I'm like, oh. like the the the the mir the, the, the miran was okay, I guess. If you kind of want to make it sound like miran, then it's kind of okay, I guess. But ici miran, what the. <clears throat> What is that? That's like a completely made-up player. That's not even amazing. his name.
0: And it was amazing because it, it morphed from like, that's weird, to like, what is and, going on? This guy is like, and, what the hell? And like, like
1: around the 60th minute mark or something, he even said something about it himself. <laughs> he, sa- he said something along the lines, like, I've been changing the name, like... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the, and, the, and like, the co-commentator was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're been all over, we're he's all, been aware. all over the place." Uh, but yeah, he needs to—he needs to just decide on. I think it's just easier if he just calls him İsimat. Yeah, or I maybe mean, just
0: go with Nikola. Like, let's just that's just yeah. to the chase. But anyway, that think, yeah. that needed to be noted because for anyone who watched uh, in Turkish, it was—it was honestly like it was hilarious it, like, it if was we amazing. hadn't gotten our result at least i could have gotten a few laps out of that so
1: i have to say i love the commentator though i, I, I the, his name eludes me but this is one of my favorite commentators so
0: yeah and while we're talking about like non-vital members of the match i think the referee was also quite good today uh anyway but
1: didn't have much to do
0: no coaching. but yeah let's anyway just in passing I'll, I'll note because he let play go on he didn't let them get away with I think he missed like a
1: super a super super super super obvious foul on Burak, which I think for sure. Which I, I and this is not the first time that I've noticed this that when it's Burak that he did for so, apparently when he plays for Galsarai, uh he can flop all over the place he and get every single up. foul. And then when he plays for in a shirt, he can actually get fouled and, and just not get it. It's alright, and it, VAR made him, doesn't, it, doesn't it made him focus.
0: It made him focus on the game. So maybe today that was but no, but uh but I have to say that the the the flip side of that point is in general he was letting play go on a lot and the benefit was that it didn't allow bursa to stop play which has been a very successful tactic throughout the season thus far uh he didn't allow that to happen at all because uh, he just wasn't calling anything for a while so that was to our benefit but but anyway let me get into it also one special piece of information to note We've got the Twins submitting stadium sounds direct from the match against Bursa. They were there in attendance. Uh, I'm fairly positive you're gonna be able to identify one if not both of them cheering throughout many of the uh, sound bites they've provided. But so yeah, in keeping in keeping with our tradition of uh, playing stadium sounds direct from the match. Uh, Emre was not there this week but the twins were so thanks to them for procuring these sounds for us and uh, yeah it's always good to get this stuff. Carrying on, I'll just jump straight into the, uh, the timeline so we don't have to worry about spoiling anymore. We can get to the results. So the match started. It was, uh, it was an interesting match early on. Back and forth affair with Besiktas yeah, definitely having the advantage. I worried for a while that we had a number of chances that we were not quite putting away. Burak getting to the ball, but not quite doing much with it. Uh, it, it was a bit of a stressful first half. But in the 40th minute, their defense was finally unlocked by Germain land on a beautiful cross into Barak Ilmaz. He oh, oh, put it away with his left foot. The first goal, that was the Trivela, right, by Germain land Yeah,
1: the first one was uh, the Trivela cross. I, I, I... I don't really know. It was, it was the outside of the... Yeah, I guess it's... Uh, yeah, it was not Trivela, I guess. It was a really, really nice cross. Uh,
0: so we get all the benefits of Quaresma without <laughs> this crap. And we have Dresden <laughs> now. Anyway, so b- beautiful cross uh, from Jermaine Lenz. onto Burak Yilmaz's left foot. He puts on a nice shot with his left foot. And he'd been fruitless up to that point. And so I was quite concerned. But bam, like one... Like classy strikers finish, and suddenly everything looked different. The whole, our whole outlook. Because really, once you once you unlock Barak Almaz, you're unlocking a very important tool. And even a hater like myself has to acknowledge that. So it was great to see that happen. Besiktas has a one nil lead, and that's how they would go into the half. <laughs> Uh, there were no substitutions at the half for Besiktas, although it looks like uh, Bursa took out Yasmin Latovlevici, which is a mouthful, and brought in Alano. Uh, there was Lima. not much early on.
1: That's, that's the name people sorry? will know him as Lima.
0: Oh, Alano Lima. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and he actually was, you know, he put some danger on our goal. He made the most of his chances maybe but oh, not quite since he didn't score uh, But not much happened shortly thereafter, you know as far as that sub goes uh, They made another sub Saive Henri Saive came out for Abdullahi Shehu Saive had been active although a little bit clumsy lots of fouls. I think they brought probably took him out for his own uh, For his own benefit uh, in the 55th minute, there was a yellow card to Aytaç And in the 62nd minute, Burak Yilmaz struck again. Burak Yılmaz! Burak Yılmaz! Burak Yılmaz! Burak Yılmaz! Burak Yılmaz! We're not too Why don't you describe that? Since you've just looked at the highlight, you're probably going to. <laughs> I'm Jupiter still looking at it.
1: But haven't gotten to that point yet. You're going quicker than the the highlights are. Uh, but he basically recovered the ball uh, on, on on in the Bursaspor half. But he still had a, a ways to go. Um, and so he dribbled with the ball at his feet and then cut uh, into cut to his to cut to his right to um, to cut out Ertuğrul Ersoy. Uh poor in my opinion's best defender and then he just uh, swat, fantastic shot uh, into the bottom right corner leaving the goalkeeper without a chance and uh, that goal was was 100% Burak uh, that was his goal he created that completely himself he won possession and and you could see it after you know during a celebration how the first goal, I think, he he was tempering his joy and he was staying calm, but you could see that second one that really um, emotion could be read on his face, and even <laughs> I kind of teared up. I I, uh, I I'm, I'm not a I'm not a massive Burak fan. I never have been. Uh, I, I I appreciate his qualities and I can recognize his talents, but I'm not you know one day when he was scoring left and right at Trabzon uh, and people in turkish football were hyping him up incredibly and and acting like he was a world class striker which he isn't um he's really good but he's not world class he just lacks that uh, that too much to be a to be a world class striker he's a really good a uh, player that plays on, off the shoulder of the defender, makes great runs, is a, he's a good finisher, not a great finisher, good finisher, um, but he he, he, he lacks uh, heading ability, he, he lacks overall technique to be really world-class. He is he has some world-class traits, perhaps, like his reaction, his, his runs and all that is really, really, really good. Um, but I never really jumped on that bandwagon because I just didn't... I didn't see it because he had too many flaws Um, but I was was still really happy for him because you could see it was such such a relief for him and and, and I think that second goal kind of won the crowd over completely because he yeah
0: I was gonna say the part where the moment where I was slightly touched even even myself and my cold heart (laughs) I'm kidding Uh, but it was actually at the end of the match when he was called to the stands uh, that you know, and you could see he was almost like shy, he was you could tell that he was touched and impacted positively. So, that you know, it's good to see. It's just it, it can't be stressed enough how much of a tool that, that's going to be for Bessie Touch going forward if, if they can kind of activate him.
1: If you can keep him healthy and if you can feed him, he's gonna get you goals, he's a guarantee for yeah. goals. And
0: today he shows with his brace. Uh, but so <clears throat> anyway, 60 second minute, he got the second one. Uh, but lots of back and forth. At this point, Bursaspor starts to come alive. Although, it's really at this moment, in the 67th minute, where Germain Lenz comes off for Shinji Kagawa. <laughs> and then much more so, when Guven Yalchin comes off for Janer Erkin, when Beshutas starts to lose it. And uh, the energy, as soon as you swap a guy like Guven Yalchin out for a guy like Janner Erkin, you're signaling the intent to sort of come back more and play a more defensive brand of football. And that's very much what happens. Bursa gets a few nice opportunities, giving Loris Karius the opportunity to shine a little bit towards the end of the match. I touch, Kata comes out of the match in the 75th minute for Kubilay Kanatsikus. So that's an interesting name. And Greek. Kanats Kanat- I mean I can't even
1: kan- Kanat-Ziskus. Kanat-Ziskus.
0: Is he Turkish and Greek? Is that a
1: No. Uh, anyway, Kanatsis means uh,
0: uh without a flank, <laughs> I guess. So he's just a Turk. I got the Turkish no, name no, Kanatsikus. Yeah, it sounds almost like uh No, no. Perfect. Lithuanian or something, oh. anyway. Uh, anyway, in the 82nd minute, Adriano comes off for Nejip Uisal, and at this point, it's like all hands on deck. <laughs> uh, that's that's where uh, Karius makes a couple saves. Jenna Erkin earns himself a yellow in the 87th minute. Uh, but that's it as far as you know, anything written in the, the match review that that's all that really occurs the the game ends 2-0 to besiktas a big home victory against a one-sided plastic rival <laughs> as we've dubbed them uh, and yeah a, a very important three points <laughs> anything to say about that before i get into the stat flash con or shall i just mosey on over to the next portion
1: yeah i, I don't think really think that we lost the control I, f- I think we gave i wouldn't say we lost it at any point i think we were in comfortable position they they had a couple chances in the last 15 minutes or so but they didn't create anything in the first 75 uh, nothing at all
0: no and, I, we were just less we we, yeah. we were less coherent our energy went down we didn't a little have bit a, i mean yeah well, and, and we lost our form which is we played at very course, high when you, tempo when you,
1: for like – up until the second goal we played a very relentless tempo I think which uh, is something I really liked because usually under Gudesh, we Gudesch, under Bilic and which we have had for many years I think that we had the good tempo until we scored and then it went down, now we kept it until we scored the second one, that's very positive, uh, yeah, would have sure. liked to see us get a third, but uh, I think it was cl- cl- kind of clear that we wouldn't need it tonight although You never know, like Samet Aibaba said in his post match interview. If we would have put one of those four chances away, you never know. We might have gotten something from this match. I highly doubt it, Um, but you never know.
0: Um, I mean, one thing I have to say is I don't think that the subs were very good um, conceptually. And and here's the thing like, the reason I think we lose our form is that, right? So you sub out a wing for an attacking midfielder, fine, you can kind of make do because we have these moving parts these guys who are somewhat dynamic. But then you take out uh, Gouven for John Aire. So you take out the other quote-unquote wing for a fullback, or more of a fullback anyway, although, of course, John has experience there. But still, we're kind of losing our shape even more. Yeah. And then you take out Adriano for Najib. And, and remember, Adriano is a, a fullback in this match. So at this point, like, it's, you know, obviously it's like, let's just play back and defend and, you know, and they, they did, they got the job done, but you know, I mean, I, I don't think you necessarily have to react to a 2-0 lead in that way.
1: Yeah, but with um, Adriano coming off, I think that might have been a slight injury or something. I, I usually have the impression with Adriano when he comes off that it's a precautionary sub where there's probably, he probably felt something and they just took him off out of precaution. Yeah, sure. um,
0: but so then, what I mean, though, is then then maybe you make the Janair sub for Adriano. I think Dorokan could have come off because he was having... Although he actually did kind of play better later um, in the match which is weird yeah but, i i don't know we I mean, were talking about it like or the stuff. first
1: hour or so that we weren't too impressed with dork oh, jesus christ my dog uh do you hear that
0: <laughs> no no I, I, okay I, I, maybe it'll come through in the recording if okay
1: uh, you know she just goes like eh, eh, eh, just because i'm petting her uh <laughs> no but um the first hour or so we were kind of t- like i think we were kind of being um Misled a little bit by the fact that he wasn't involved like he usually is in the attacks, uh, which which we kind of gotten used to Dorkham being all over the place in in a positive way, especially in the the final third where he's always very involved there as well. And tonight he really wasn't. But at the same time, Atiba Hutchinson was really involved in attack, was playing... Uh, a lot of balls forward which we're not used to seeing from him but and really good balls forward I think especially in the first half and I think the thing was really that Dorokhan was doing a lot more dirty work today uh, allowing Atiba to do more fancy stuff which we're really not used to him doing and I think it's so remarkable that he, the guy turned 36 years old le- yet yeah, last yesterday he's been at the club for I guess six and a half years or so now six years and we're still discovering new aspects of his game I mean, I swear to God, I've never seen him play that many balls forward before uh, as he did tonight. And he did so brilliantly. Um, So I I really didn't know he could do that, honestly. Yeah, Atiba Uh, was great. So I just think that Dorkhan just made Atiba much better because he was playing a very selfless match. Just the way that Guvan was playing a very selfless match. but. I I also understand the sub of Given because he worked so hard for so long. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that
0: the guys who came off couldn't have come off. I just don't know if the the Order and the guys who... Like the actual swaps were the right ones, well, but I I think whatever. it
1: makes sense to put put Janner on for Guven if Guven is playing left winger because you don't really have anyone else on the on the bench, I think, that can that can play that position naturally. I don't know who else was on the bench. Maybe Mustafa Pektamek could have come on. I honestly I, I was guess, gonna say I, I, I think, I think you'd go Pektamek
0: if that's where you're going. Yeah. Although I honestly yeah, I, think you probably and I don't quite understand the hesitation. I think you swap the to, I mean, I think the, the quicker we swap the Iesh to the left side, uh, and and get yeah, him settled that, in there, the better that, that is. That happened be later
1: long-term. when when when Nijib came on for Adriano, Janner moved back to the left back, and then Leitch went to the left wing. Um, so it did happen, just with a slight delay. Uh, yeah, I think that's, this. That's what I, I mean. I, I think I,
0: the order. That's why you know. I, anyway, whatever. No, it, it's. it's I, I think we
1: just don't have that much depth on on the bench right now, and when it comes to those wings, with with Koreshma being suspended, uh, and and I don't know. Maybe I, I do get what you're coming, where you're coming from, and you probably should. Maybe you know, the pack Güven sub would have made more sense because then you're basically putting on a player that does the same as i mean peck to make as a worker makes those dirty meters does the same thing as guvin does he's yeah, just no, he can replicate you know, that
0: energy in theory yeah, but yeah anyway so let's let me get into the stats really quick because i think we're already sort of jumping into analysis um yeah i'll, I'll briefly just breeze through it uh basic Tash led possession today 56 to 44 percent despite being up for most of the match that's actually good news 11 shots, 7 of them on target for Besiktas. to VersaSport's 8 and 3 on target. 521 passes to their 427. 79% completed to their 75%. Uh, 17 fouls committed by Besiktas to their 15. Offsides twice by Besiktas, uh, only once for VersaSport. And corners 4 to their 3. So, the stats tell a, a story here which I think is fairly accurate, which is that Besiktas deserved their win. They held more of the ball despite having the lead, which means they kept their game plan intact as you said, until that second goal. Um, yeah, I don't think the stats really t- say anything that's surprising. I, I, the one surprise maybe, and we, we talked about this before we started recording, is the, the lack of offsides. Um, Burak Yilmaz <laughs> is notorious for you know, maybe even doing that to the point where it's a problem. So, uh, having discipline isn't inherently a bad thing in that regard. Uh, perhaps what's more surprising is how few offsides and corners they had. Um, our defense was really mopping it up, it looks like, back there. And that's probably worth mentioning. I, I thought, I said this in our group chat, and I'm going to sort of uh, put it on the record. Isi Miran and Vida... Uh, EZMAT, Midian, and Vida. Uh, it's a gr- I, for me, it's a pair of, and of course, it's very early in the EZMAT experiment, but at least thus far, this could be the pair of central defenders that finally replaces uh, Zago and Ronaldo Guiaro as my, as my favorite all-time pairing on the back line. Uh, And they're a good foil for each other, like uh, salt and pepper, right? (laughs) Very (laughs) clear distinction between the two, short and tall fast well they're both fast that's, a pl- that's the,
1: not the, bad the thing with these two is that they're both still relatively young i mean yeah. vida okay he's, he's turning 30 years old that's not so um, old these but days but he but he can still go for many years at this level Absolutely. uh you know given given he's a defender and all that uh, and ec is 27 so in theory this could be our pairing for the next 4 or 5 uh, years i love it perhaps. i love it I mean, uh, but and
0: it's amazing how quickly things turn at least in terms of our impression and it just i want took to a temper your joy <laughs> well before you get the chance to let me get even more excited um what's nice is how through some small somewhat minimalistic moves everything has shifted and suddenly right we talk about Isimiran and vida as a pairing for the next few years we talk about durkan and guven yalchin which we would never have even found if, if uh, Chanel Gunesh didn't come really, really under the fire there for a while. Um, you know, Karius and Ljajic are rounding into form to the extent that the, the, the peanut gallery has essentially been shut up in regards to both of them. <laughs> the peanut gallery? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how great is that too. I love the, the term. That's from the old Muppets, you know, those two old guys. Anyway, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I know the ones. There I'm, I
1: never watched much, mu- many Muppets, but like we had the in Belgium, we had Sesamstraat which was kind of the Muppets, I guess.
0: Yeah, Sesame Street. Yeah, we had that too. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's just it's amazing how suddenly we have this core of guys that we can kind of look forward to for for at least the next four five years or so, assuming, of course, financial ruin doesn't come sooner <laughs> but um, yeah which is of course you know if you listen to the john ocar episode a real thing a reality mm-hmm. but uh yeah I, I like i this second half of the season has been nothing but peaches and cream <laughs> so far but uh, go ahead Con. except go ahead yeah, and rain except the for parade.
1: The Erzurum, those two expensive points again i mean imagine if we if we beat Erzurum we would be seven points off first place right now so then yeah. there's still some possibilities i mean then they just need to lose one game and you're within you know nah well you're not within striking distance but you're within four points then and that's that changes things um but the main thing i think for what you're saying uh we'll have to wait and see what happens with Carius if we manage to buy him because we need to keep in mind it's an eight million option yeah. uh that's gonna be very difficult yeah uh light well we're gonna have to buy him it looks like because he, he's coming up to those 20 games i think um isn't, isn't, and, and uh, as far as i know that's Karius that's the clause the
0: story? isn't carriers like, kind of if he plays like, yeah out. but
1: that's over two years and needs to pay 50 percent of all the matches in those two years so if he doesn't play anything next season for example then you don't i mean right right he needs to play 50 percent next season i think okay. uh but we'll have to wait and see what where that goes but I mean, Leitch has been coming into his own. Has been He was amazing again today, I think. Uh, and he's been so important. He's only 27 years old. He only just turned 27 a couple of months ago. Uh, so he's just another one of those players that we can look forward to for the coming years. And I feel like he's slowly but surely taking on a leadership role in the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he's taking a lot of responsibility. And uh, that's something I was kind of fearful for with him because he has a little bit of a reputation of maybe disappearing sometimes Times I just feel like like I don't know he just he, he comes across as somebody that just takes responsibility and that's so important. Uh yeah.
0: well, and think about our, like Anelka. You know, sometimes Turkey has that effect on guys where they, you know, but I mean snaps even our residents are.
1: Our resident hater Sally, he was like, This is like the best ten performance I've seen in so in in, in, yeah. in I don't know how long. Although he did uh, like
0: throw some shade at him earlier in the match, you know, and, uh, as soon as the as soon as we're winning a match, everything everything the sun comes <laughs> up, the clouds yeah. but
1: anyway. But so you actually uh, made a point, but,
0: you made a sub point that I want you to pick up on Khan. Could you tell our listeners about what the standings look like now after our match? So we are now, you said we're, we're, we could have been seven points behind. That is a could have, yeah. would have, should have. We are, in fact, nine points back. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so basically we're back to square one where we left off at the winter break. Uh here had their first slip up today. They drew at home 1-1 to... <laughs> Erzurum Spore, the same team that kept us uh, on a draw Erzard, uh, yeah. two weeks ago at home. And they kept Basakshir uh, to a draw today at home. I watched the game. Erzurum could have won it. I swear to God. They showed They, they
0: against us, man. I said it. Yeah. That was my solo episode. And I said, man, like these guys don't deserve where they are on that table. Oh, yeah.
1: They're a good team. Uh, and Egemen's just...
0: Back. Yeah,
1: it's... Back, yeah, he's he's he's really lost a couple years of his career with injuries and all that, and he's already I don't know he's like thirty five years old or thirty six I don't know he must be up there right now, but I mean just we had it we only enjoyed him for one season, Uh, but he was such a great player, such such a warrior, such a great defender, over my dead body type. Yeah, I was a big fan of him. Not just a butcher though. He was also he he had a certain classiness to him okay. as well uh, and he, he still has that when he's fit he still has that and he scored the goal um, he was really good against us as well I mean it was just him and their goalkeeper that that that that got kept yeah. us from not winning that game and the thing that I kind of want to say we were kept to a 1-1 draw but I think we should have always won that game today I didn't have that feeling that Bishakshir should have always won that game I think yeah they could have scored two uh, when they were 1 0 up, they definitely had a couple of chances to do so. But Erzurum was in this match from the beginning, I thought. Uh, Bashakshir were kind of lucky to get an early goal, uh, own goal, but then uh, Erzurum had a goal disallowed, which was correct, I believe. Um, but yeah, after that 1 1, you could just see that. that, And this is the thing with Bashakshir. We're like this entire season, people talk about them like they're like these mystical creatures that are yeah. p- perfect and all that but you gotta keep in mind they only got 35 points in the first half of the season that is by no means impressive yeah we got 26 points in seventy matches that is pathetic pathetic we got 30 points last season and that was pathetic you should at least if you want to make a serious run of the title 35 points is like the bare minimum In my opinion, I I remember Galtzray became champions a couple of years ago with 29 points at the halftime, which was super weak, but everyone else was shit. So they were lucky. And that's kind of the situation now with Bishakshir where they have 35 points and it's really not that great, but everyone else is shit so they can get away with it. But Bishakshir, they've looked impressive the second half of the season um, but they didn't impress me that much in the first half of the season, if I'm honest. Uh, but the second half of the season thus far, they had looked impressive until today, until that 1-1. Then it just, you could see the doubt snuck in. And the thing is, I think if God, we need Galt's right to win tomorrow because if Galt's right win tomorrow, then they're back only six points. Uh, is it? Yeah, six points behind. And then... Yeah. Bishakshir are going to I think I really think that Beşiktaş are going to start dropping some points uh, in the coming couple of weeks if they're going to catch up. If if if both Beşiktaş and Gal Sarai keep that pressure up on them, they're going to they're going to drop points because that's what happened the, the past two seasons. They've come close. Last season they should have won the title. But they were Yeah. Really last season they were the best team that they had the best team because we were totally screwing things up, but they let right run and get away with it. And they ended third, even behind Fenerbahce. Uh And then the season before, remember when they were fighting us for the title, we had like a seven point lead or something on them and they were in a lost position or six point lead. I don't remember. We were basically already champions. We, all we had to do is uh, either beat them or just keep them on a draw in their own stadium and we would be fine. Then they beat us three to one. 'Cause that was their last chance, they were coming from that underdog role, and then they are very vicious and, and dangerous. But once they're in that favorite role, because then the the, the the kinda the the it was back in their hands kind of, and it was up to us to f up. Right. Um then they completely choked. And I had the feeling last season they did the same thing.
0: I was setting up to argue with you, Khan. Cause I was looking at the table and I'm like, I don't think you can actually want galatasaray to win right now because ultimately we're still like realistically more than more in a battle for that second spot than we are actually in a role for that yeah second. yeah of course but that's the thing but tomorrow i'm actually going to side with you and the reason is that it's twofold they're playing against Trabzonspor, spore and so if Trabzon wins fine like we're level on points with galatasaray but then Trabzonspor zone is also level on points with us and they're giving us mm. pressure from behind so uh, you know, and they're, you know what? They're Maybe you're right. Few... From a tactical advantage, I'll I'll roll with that. God, this look, Fen- this. F- uh,
1: galtry are never are, aren't going to beat Fenerbahce in in Fenerbahce. They're not going to win that match. They they have a complex. They haven't won there in twenty since 1999. So that's nice. twenty years this year. This year, if they don't beat them, there's twenty years.
0: And I think we beat them with this momentum. If you know, I, I, there's a good feeling around the team right now. I,
1: it all depends on how the the table, I think if Gutri are still in in the, the title race uh, by the time we have to be play Gultri away, then then it's going to be very tough. but if they're out and if they're demoralized and all that and then then you've got a good chance of winning that. So I mean, our chances at the title are extremely slim. But if you want to keep that glimmer of hope alive, you need as much pressure as possible on Bashakshire. And for the moment being, for the time being, it's better to have pressure from two teams than you have from one team, yeah. or from three teams, whatever. But it's, the more pressure, the better. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with Bichak here. I think if they're going to win the title, if they manage to go into those final four weeks with a with a royal lead, with a good lead, like an eight-point lead or something, where they can afford to Beep. f*** up, then they're, they're, then they're a shoe in for the title. What? But if, in, if they go into those final four weeks with a four-point lead or a three-point lead no way in hell they're winning it they just they they have the players that have experience but as a team as a club they don't have that abdullah afchi is a choker I know there's a lot of fanboys out there <laughs> yeah, that yeah, like yeah. to that like to like to gush all over his tactical prowess and his genius. And <laughs> he just knows he, how plays to the beat the same, he plays the same fucking tactic every time as well, just like Channel Gunesh does. Yeah, he beat Channel every time because Channel is a stubborn mule. But look, look the past couple of years, how they fared against Fenerbahce, against coaches that actually adjust when they play them chenel is too proud he doesn't do that he doesn't adjust he doesn't um, yeah he just doesn't do that He's like well we're i'm, I'm we're bishkek we play our own game we're not going to adjust ourselves to our opponents they have to adjust to us that's the mentality and then what happens he has when they successfully and do then that. and then he gets <laughs> then he fine. gets after the a but look at dik what he did look at what Aikut kojaman did they adjusted to to to Avci and Avci doesn't know what the hell he has to do. Then he's,
0: got that he's clueless. Problem. Then so don't
1: please don't tell me he's a tactical genius. Yeah, he's a good tactical coach. His Plan A is really good. His Plan B and his Plan C they're not good because they don't exist. Well, so and so, here's another yeah.
0: follow up to the point as far as uh, the standings and match days go and all that. Next week Beşiktaş is on the road to Yanni Malatyaspor, but if they can pick up three points there. Um, Kasim Pasha is away. Uh, sorry, Galatasaray is on, on the uh, away to Kasim Pasha, and uh, Bashaksha here is at home that's, to Antalya. But so both of them are playing competition that's towards the top of the table. No,
1: no, no, no, no. Kasim Pasha are going to hand them the points because Kasim Pasha have a clause in their contract. If Galatasaray win the title, they get 3 million extra for the AGDA. Oh, so come not gonna,
0: on, that's terrible. They're not
1: going to beat. They're not going to beat Galatasaray If they do that, they shoot themselves in the foot. And it's
0: worth noting, too, that Kasim Pasha actually and Antalya Spor have both slipped down the table. There was a point when they yeah, were third and, and fourth. Kasim Pasha are completely out. And Antalya is at 29. Kasim Pasha got no, their points both,
1: in the first half of the they season. They're perfectly safe in the standings. They have no aspirations to go to Europe next season because I believe they still have an outstanding ban anyway. Um, so they... They got their points. They, they're safe. They they got what they wanted. They got 10-plus million for Diagne already. They're going to sell Trezeguet at the end of the season probably for 7-8 or, or whatever. If they can get Galtry to buy it or someone else. Uh, they got what they wanted, man. Kass are not a club with ambition. They don't have any fans. They don't have a, a, a certain people behind them pushing them uh, to become this vanity project that's you know, like here Bish- right, right. are. So, you know, Kaz and Pasha, they've thrown in the towel. I don't think they have any ambitions to so. finish in the top five. Antalya Spor, they're two, they're two mm-hmm. up and down, but they can, of course, co- they can cost Bishakshir points, but nah, I don't think so.
0: No, and both but sides you know, were, no. I think, I think, respectively in third and fourth earlier in the year, but yeah, they're, they've they both slid down the table. Antalya Spor has already dropped points this week. Mm-hmm. I um, think uh, Pasha likely will. So yeah, and they're both they're in 7th and 8th now. I think the, so clubs you sliding.
1: Sliding. the clubs you need to watch this season that are going to cost Peshakshir points potentially, Alanya spore, Rizespor, spore, Fenerbahce, of course, Galtzrai, and Besiktas, those are the five clubs. Those are the five te- big tests I see for them. Uh, I think that's, you know, Malatya are kind of, they lost Sadiq, they lost Butaib, they're kind of changed. They, they still have to adjust. They're not really going as good as they did the first half of the season. Um, what about
0: Konya under? all uh,
1: right oh, right, Konya. I could. Forgot. yeah, no, Konya are they're gonna they're gonna cause us problems too. Uh, but they could definitely cause Bishkek problems. So that's six matches that they still have to play against opponents. I think where they can struggle. I don't know if they're away at Konya or if they're away at at Alanya. So that all, but for Bishkek, it doesn't really matter that much. I think. Whether they're home or away because their home games are basically away matches, too. I mean, if you saw the match today against Erzurum, when Erzurum scored, there was more noise than at any other point in the match, you know.
0: <laughs> of course, because they don't that's, exist that's that's the a
1: fake club. Not, I mean, same thing happened against Sivaspor. There's just, you know, when, when these clubs, these Anatolian clubs, come to town that have a decent following. And they play Bashakshir, their fans outshine Bashakshir fans because Bashakshir fans are, you know, probably 50% of them get free tickets and and, and told to go to the game. And and the other 50%, uh, so the other thousand that are there, they're, you know, yeah. You know, it's plastic. This, of course, man. No, it's an artificial shit club. I mean, the the only reason that you know we were discussing this earlier in the group and and our friends said, "Who would you prefer, Bashakshir or Gulterai to win the title?" And quite frankly, if it wasn't for Gulterai, basically. I find it a way of cheating what they're doing the last, like last summer, what they did with all those transfers. I find that a way of, that's, I don't think that's ethically, it's not, you know, they're in the same boat as Fenerbah, as Bestech and Galtzrai with the financial fair play and all that. And they just seem to wipe their asses with that. And and they just buy, buy, buy, and uh, somehow they get away with it because they uh, they took that ban in Europe uh, for a year, and and then this time UEFA didn't nip them in the butt quick enough. Uh, and, but now they just do it again with it. I mean, if it wasn't for, for that that 20 million they splashed in the last couple of days on the transfer window, I'd totally say, look, I would rather have Galstray win the title than Bashakshir because at least Galtrye are are a real club you know but just because of what they did i i think it would be I just have a problem with them getting away with that because it rewards wrong behavior. That's like giving your dog a piece of candy because he's she's bar- he or she's barking the entire time and being a, a bad dog. You don't reward bad behavior and that's kind of what would happen if Galtzray right would win the title now. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't write out say Galtzray, right. but otherwise I would always say Galtzray. Right. I don't, who, whoever, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a Turkish football fan and you want Bashakshir to win the title, there's something wrong with you, because Basakshir winning the title is is the most terrible thing that could possibly happen to Turkish football, because it's cannibalizing the sport.
0: Yeah, that, no, I mean, it's yeah, terrible. I, it's, I mean, everything about this, Galatasaray um, basically staring their huge debt in the face and, and Splurging anyway. I mean, it's all bad news. The only the only good guy is Besiktas, so we've we've got to win. <laughs> That's the only. <laughs> but let's move on, guys.
1: Yes, we're holier um, than that. Now um, we have so
0: our... a few talking points before we dig into sort of man of the match, our high and low lights and stuff. Barak Yilmaz. Now there's some interesting stats here. We, you you posted these on Besiktas International's Twitter page. Now yep. he received 47 balls. No, I'm sorry.
1: 47 touches.
0: He had 47 touches on the ball. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you can still say, I guess he received the ball 47 times. That would have worked. Uh, two two goals on three shots. Yep. Two of those shots from within the penalty box, and I guess those are both of his goals. Um, yep. Seven time, He possessed uh, the, the ball seven times. Target. That's yeah. shots on target. Oh, okay. This two, Okay. Um, well, yeah, and their goals, the two goals. Uh, seven, he... Possessed the ball seven times in the penalty box. He had an 82% passing rate. Um, and then four of nine for what was that, Khan?
1: Uh, physical duels. So he won four out of nine duels with he his He won four. con
0: <laughs> Khan, my, uh, my Turkish resource here. He won four <laughs> out of nine duels. So all in all, statistically, statistically a phenomenal match from Burak Yilmaz. And this is probably then a, a convenient segue into our conversation for Man of the Match. Yeah. Who is your highlight, Khan? Is it Burak?
1: I think there was a couple. I think there, there there were You know what? I I like the saying. I think Burak Yilmaz has to be the man of the match because he won, he scored both goals, but he he wasn't necessarily the best player on the pitch. I think you can be man of the match and not the best player on the pitch. Uh, I think Light was better, I think Lens was better. Uh Atiba was tremendous. Uh, uh, there were yeah, Atiba at- was phenomenal. Atiba at was phenomenal. Lens was great again. Lenz I was Lenz gonna was give fantastic. it to Lenz. My
0: man of the match is Jermaine yeah. The assist, Uh to set up our scoring to, to get us going and he was just a, a lightning rod all over the pitch.
1: And Guven was great too.
0: Guven was very solid, but like you mentioned this and I, yeah. I actually fully agreed. I didn't I apologize for not getting your back in the group chat but um <laughs> <clears throat> gruven yelchin did like uh, he looked out of position and a little uncomfortable but at the same time he he's so talented and uh, he he has so much onus so much yeah uh, he looks impetus. like he
1: belongs in the team yeah he he,
0: he he compensated for being out of position but again he was clearly out of position just with his talent and uh, energy so I wouldn't give him a man of the match, although he definitely merits honorable mention. I mean, today was really a match where you can't say anyone really stood out as having a, as being a lowlight. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I, I want to
1: You know what the thing that. is? I I want to say Brook is the for me the clear man of the match because he scores both goals. But I don't really know who I want to give the best player to. It's to me Brook wasn't the best player on the pitch. I think it's more between. Atiba, Leitch, and Lens. So yeah, yeah, totally. I think you kind of have to pick between either Light or Atiba because they stayed on for 90 minutes. So I don't really know. I think maybe Light. Maybe I don't know.
0: Wow. So I mean, I, I I'd argue that the 90 minute thing isn't that essential, and I would still <coughs> give it to Lens. Oh, excuse me. Because <coughs> no, like you... Lens was so important, I think in our build up throughout the match, and mm. like he allowed Dorakan to have a sloppy you know, first 60 minutes or so, because he could just, he was just everywhere. You know, if, if Dorakon's pass was a little clumsy, he'd still manage to get onto it. I mean, he, he, this, this whole second half of the season, he's come out much like he did the beginning of the season. And that's really good news because I think, I think he's going to be important.
1: Lance has just been showing what he would have done if he would have been starting. Yeah, I think, I, I don't think that's that, I think the only reason that we haven't seen this lance all seasons is because some certain person didn't want to play him.
0: Yeah. and and you've already talked quite a bit about Atiba, like, you know, I, I allowed it, but you know, we, you talked That's about right. him in the in the match uh, when we were just doing, going over the the match points, what happened in the match. Uh, and, but I agree fully. Uh, and you said this in the group chat, but it's phenomenal that you have a guy who just turned 36 this week. Uh, and we're still finding new strengths, new abilities yep. of his um, His I ability mean, to hold the ball in the center of the midfield, not in a, in a more sort of defensive role, as we've come, grown accustomed to, was really outstanding today. And, you know, he showed that he's aging. You know, he, he, when he loses the ball, it's hard for him to recover. But when you have guys like Khan who are very quick and very able in that regard, yeah, I, I, they're a great pairing. This is the, the second match is- in a row.
1: Did you read that tweet yesterday from – I don't remember exactly who it was, but on Twitter. And he said something about Atiba being one of the greatest players he ever seen play at Bishstash And then he said something about his flair. And I, I remember we read that in the group and we were all like, what?
0: What flair? Yeah. I think it might and have then, been Aaron. Lo and behold. I, he was a the... prediction guy. Dude, he was a seer, that guy. Was he was just Aaron? predicting the future. No, but the thing is, we were like, "What flair?" I know.
1: Atiba doesn't. It's not. He's not a f- player with flair. And today he f- had flair. That's what I I'm saying. That guy was just
0: predicting. He was just. Uh, he was. He, he was, was looking f- into the crystal ball. Huh?
1: He was flicking and giving one touch passes, and it was like, "What?" This, you, I, saw I, that, I mean, you saw that.
0: You saw that one touch flick behind the back uh, that to, to, almost set up a goal. It set up uh, Gokan Gönül for a cross. That was phenomenal. Uh, but no, I just the, a, f- along the, f- the right
1: f- side, especially in the first half. I just, I just. You know, Atiba was just doing stuff that I, I don't remember him ever doing before, and uh, yeah. I think it's just that's that's just crazy when you when it's a player that's played for your team for six plus years, Hutchinson, and, and you've watched him play. You know, I I think I don't think I've ever missed a match in those six years. So, no, I, mean, yeah. um, I mean, I might have watched a couple on delay because I couldn't watch them live, but. Uh, yeah, I just don't remember him doing... I mean, I, I, I think he, in in 45 minutes, had as many passes forward as he does in a 90 90-minute matches usually. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, I mean, not so much that he's been criticized for in the past, but we, we kind of know and, ex- and accept that he's kind of a lateral passer. He's the one yeah. that...
0: He's limited know, in that regard, or he has well, been anyway.
1: Limited, his, that was his function, his role, I think. That that, be, that became clear today that he was just doing that. He was playing in service of the team and not playing the forward passes too much because I guess maybe that was expected from other one from do. Maybe that's do. coached.
0: Maybe that but, was coached.
1: But then I think... He, when I say that, I'm thinking, well, then those matches where he was playing with Medel, why wasn't he doing it then? So, I don't know. Well, maybe Dorakon
0: shows more. Ah, whatever. Maybe I this mean, was
1: just... Maybe Atibal just had an amazing game because it was his birthday yesterday and he oh, felt super yeah, motivated. I don't know. Maybe He's, it it's was It's the just, clutch
0: gene, man. It's the clutch gene. <laughs> Clutchinson. Atiba Clutchinson. And I'll tell you, man, like, in, these, in this little mini resurgence that we're now experiencing and it will hopefully ride into next week and, and beyond... Uh, he's been a vital cog in that, and, and we mentioned him sort of in passing last week. But it's worth noting that he's been he's been in that role alongside Dorakon as this resurgence has kicked into high gear. So, look, there's, know, there's,
1: there's 13 matches remaining. So there's 39 points left to be gained. I think if you win ter- if you win all 13 of them, you're champions.
0: <laughs> Let's qu- keep our <laughs> That's fingers under- crossed, fans, <laughs> listeners. Um, All right, so let's keep it moving because my daughter is getting ready for dinner. (laughs) Um, The window's closing here for this episode. Let's see uh, other talking points. Who is going to play? We've hit on. We've hit on. Yeah. Well, and before we do that, let's. Is there anyone you want to call out as a low light?
1: No. Don't think it's warranted in a match that was as good as this one. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone needs to be called that. One of the subs, but... I mean, we said
0: so. Dorokan, no was a little poor early on, but he... Who, again, but maybe I, I he t- enabled Atiba yeah, to play a certain I, way. I
1: think he was just playing a selfless game, and I think he was kind of doing what Guven was doing. Uh, the difference is that Guven does that in a more attacking area of the pitch, so you notice it more. Uh, I actually I think Guven was just, uh, was just doing a lot of dirty work, in hindsight. Which... Uh, well, Maybe yeah. I think the thing is with Dorokhan, we've just been so spoiled with him standing out
0: scoring standing um, goals doing
1: doing silly doing silly stuff scoring in five consecutive matches which unfortunately for him two of those matches his goals didn't count but I mean He's in a very short list of players since 2014 that scored in three consecutive games for Bistach. And I think most of the other players that are on that list are are all attacking players. And and he's a a box-to-box midfielder, you know?
0: Well, yeah, and and we're starting to retread on points we've already made. So I I think we can say that this match's analysis is complete. Uh, It was a great match we have to keep building on it though you know there's only one direction to move in unless we don't want to win the title (laughs) uh but so before we wrap things up for good here this week there's a good uh a nice conversation to be had a fun conversation especially for people like khan and i who have been asking for this type of conversation to have been had for months if not years even not not plural years plural would be excessive but um there have been rumors percolating, and Chanel himself slightly shut them down today, but you never quite know. I mean, you're not going to say the truth in these scenarios. But there's talk of Chanel Ganesh maybe leaving Beziktash for the national team. And with that conversation, but Ilhan Mansi's news flash. I'll play the news, the, the breaking news, although it's not really breaking anymore. Ilhan Mansi has stepped down. He said he had back issues, but there's been talk, but maybe that's not quite what's going on um, alongside the, the the rumors of Chanel Ganesh maybe leaving for the national side. And then there are rumors of certain members of the board preferring Gucci as a successor and then other members preferring Uh, A name many Besiktas fans, especially old-timers like Khan and I, will will remember Sergen Yalchin, And and I guess you might recognize him as a current coach for... It's not Alanya Spor, is it? It is Alanya Spor here. He's coaching Alanya Alanya. Spor, and they're playing quite well under him. Um,
1: They're playing great.
0: But so, first of all, go to our Twitter account on Besiktas International, at Besiktas underscore int. Check out our polls. We've got a number of fun polls up now, but one of them is who do you prefer as Chanel Ganesh's successor? And we've got both Gucci and Serigan as options, and then, and then of course the enigmatic other, who you can fill in. And please <laughs> let us know uh, who that is for you. Khan, what do you have to say, sir?
1: Well, there's a uh, four hundred and forty ninety four no forty nine sorry four hundred and forty nine votes in today already, um, and forty two percent have said Guti, forty five percent have said Sergen, and thirteen uh, percent have said someone else, and uh, the majority of people who said some are, someone else have said Tamertuna. Um,
0: I'm surprised we don't have any Avji fanboys in there. <laughs>
1: there's one Slav and oh okay uh and, and a bunch of uh bunch of uh, tamertuna no L- i, I is specifically
0: that What's the t- I, with the with the bilich
1: uh no that's uh, Cahir, Cahir Mai? Oh, okay. Cahir Mai, uh uh but i specifically mentioned in the in the in, in the in The tweet that uh, don't say Abdullah Avchi, he just signed a five year extension. So, ah, that would be so nice to say that. Um, and then there's also some uh, Simon who just started following us, uh, he's a Borussia Dortmund fan. Uh, he started following the counter because of uh, Kagawa, obviously. He said, uh, Peter Stugger, okay, who I guess is, I guess, who. who I guess he was an assistant at Bosia or something. Uh, but know. yeah, no, uh, most people that responded in regards to uh, someone else, uh, they're all Tamertuna except for one Slavin Bilic. Okay. Um, but obviously more people have voted on someone else and just didn't reply. Um, but uh, sure. Firat says uh who is this one here? Arayan Adam says Tamertuna. Ekrem Yasha says Tamertuna. Uh, then Simon said Peter. Uh, then John here. Uh, for me, I think it should be Guti till the end of the season. And then Sergan at the start of next season.
0: Whoa, uh, that's, that's bold and that's not... Eh, well, you couldn't and, tell
1: uh, him that. <laughs> and then Tin Man said it's Guti, Baba. So uh, yeah, okay. lots of uh, lots of different opinions. I think a lot of Tamachunas, uh, and obviously the majority of people so far have voted for Sergen. Uh, he's edging out Guti right now with about three percent of the votes, um, according to our resident insider. Uh, the plan is just to go forward with Guti uh, next season, and uh, the if. Ahmed Nurchebi somehow would get elected uh, as president in May then channel could stay but uh, if uh, if we continue with the current board then uh, it looks at this point it looks like Guti is the man who we're gonna go with um, but I could see a change I could see Sergen uh, get the job but and now I, you've I speculated
0: do... that Johan Mansi stepping down might have to do with maybe some talk of Guti getting the position
1: yeah Uh, That was my theory, there was of course the, the, the first thing that comes out when something like this comes out is instantly Oh he hasn't been getting paid, that's the easy answer uh, which I, I, I could totally see that but then again, I don't know if Ilhan would leave for money I think he I think Ilhan is a guy of the a man of the club that would say Yeah, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll get my money when I get it unless of course he urgently needs it But then I think they would pay him uh, if it was really urgent, but um, I, I, I Think it might have to do with Guti taking over uh, at the end of the season uh, hmm. and him bringing in his own people.
0: Yeah, because uh, I could perf- got to give him the chance to pick this Yeah, guy. I mean if Sergen would
1: if Sergen would come in, I could perfectly see Ilhan stay on on, on the staff and maybe get a, a, a lesser role as a as a normal coach, not so much the assistant, but I don't know, I think if if Sergen comes on, they play together, I'm sure they like each other. I could perfectly see Ilhan stay on. So, if Guti gets the the job, I I think Guti is going to want to bring in uh Zone's some there. some people from Spain, which is which makes perfect sense, I think.
0: Which could be good, um, since they'd probably be coming from Real Madrid's youth department, <laughs> which I, I can get behind.
1: Yeah. I pr- they would most likely be, be either coaches or players he's played with, uh, so uh, or coaches he's worked with. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, every I mean, I think most people who kind of know me know that my all-time favorite player is Sergen. Uh People who follow me on Twitter probably know that I I'm a real fan of the football he plays. Uh, makes his teams play. I think everywhere he's coached he's he's improved their teams. I mean, was it last year or the year before he came in at Kaisersport and became their coach and suddenly Dennis Turić started started lighting the world on fire. And I even remember uh, I think the guys at FC Afrika uh, interviewed Dennis, uh, that season. And, and he spoke about how Sergen made him a better player, how Sergen put him in that number 10 role and gave him confidence. And he was performing at a, as a, at a crazy level that season. And he credited Sergan for that. Uh, I think Sergan is a coach with a lot of potential. He, he makes his teams play very good football. I think he has the potential to make players better. Um, the way he makes his teams play is very different than what he was himself. His teams run a lot, cover a lot of ground, press very effectively. Um, there was this very funny quote a couple of weeks ago from Efe uh, Jan Karaja, uh, who is one of uh, Alanya Sports players, who who told this story of uh, when he was talking to Sergen in training. He said, Coach, why do you make us run so much? You never ran as a player. The Sergen's reply was, the day you have the talent that I had, you can stop running, basically. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> uh, true. But, uh, it, was, it was said in, in, in good spirit, of course. But that's the thing. I mean, Sergen as a coach, uh, he has only impressed me. And the only downside to Sergen as a coach so far um, is the fact that he doesn't stick around long. He quits hmm. quickly. But the thing is, I know for a fact that when he quit at Gaziantep Sport, uh, that was after he saved them from relegation. They relegated the next season. Uh, he saved them from relegation and then he quit. We basically, they got like a, a bunch of points in like nine games or something and they were safe. And then he quit because the players weren't getting paid. Oh,
0: man. I get that. Yeah, of course. I Those are hard that. circumstances. Although, <laughs> that might not be a ring endorsement and, for Besiktas. I know,
1: days. I believe he went back to Gaziantepspor, or I don't remember if it was Gaziantepspor or another club. And one of the conditions that he said, "I'm gone as soon as you stop playing the players," hmm. and that happened, and he was gone. And I, I get that. And the thing with Besiktas, I don't think he's gonna. I, I think with Besiktas, it's different. Um, the thing with Gaziantepspor is. If those players never got their money, yeah, I
0: was gonna you know, say, I mean, Gaziantepspor
1: yeah. is gone now. They're bankrupt. Uh, they had uh, people at the helm of that cup, the Kiz, the Kizls who were just robbing that club blind. Was t- were taking all the money from money from the from that club, and, and, like and those players, I think they they, they probably.
0: Please.
1: They probably still didn't get their money. That's the difference. I mean, with Besiktas, you know you're going to get your money eventually. The same thing with Galtra, right? You know, eventually those guys are going to get their money. And if they don't – the thing is with a club that doesn't play in Europe like Gaziantep Sport as a player, you don't have much power because you can go to FIFA but uh, you you can go to UEFA. But the only thing UEFA and FIFA can really do is suspend you from European football or whatever. So for a big club like Besiktas and Galtra and Fenerbahce, that's a way to pressure those clubs and paying those wages. For sure. Um and you can go to Kass and all that but a club like Gaziantep Sport, if they go under there's nothing you can do so it's a different situation I don't think Sergan would first and foremost he's he's a you know son of the club and all that but um, I think the situation will be different I I, I would be 100% for Sergen. but at the same time I think we made a commitment to Guti and I I don't know the type of football Guti will make us play but I suspect it would be good. Guti uh, has been seriously considered as Real Madrid coach uh, on two occasions already uh, in the summer before Lopetegui got appointed, and then again after Lopetegui got uh, got got sacked. So right now. Uh, Uh, Solari is doing it I think Mm -hmm. but uh, I I could see Guti uh, get that job at some point but I think Guti has potential as a coach but we will have to wait and see he's kind of a question mark still for for us because we haven't really seen him coach at senior level and I didn't watch any Real Madrid-Castilla games so I can't really tell you what type of football they played Uh, but definitely if Guti is going to become our coach I'm definitely going to see if I can find some people that did watch those games who can tell us a little bit more about the time Guti had there Actually our our good Uh, friend
0: Evran claims to have seen them play so we can maybe uh include him in the bunch but yeah i mean i'm glad yeah, i'm glad I mean, you if you said... watch one or two games it's not the same yeah thing. No. but i'm glad you you said what you said because my my impression is basically that maybe you veered towards Sergen, but it's kind of a win-win i think you'd be somewhat pleased in either direction and I feel the same Look, way at the, I actually probably at this
1: point I'm I just want to move forward and I don't want to have stubbornness behind, anymore yeah. to deal with it's I have had enough I have my Phil he's wasted two years already
0: yeah I'm with you you know and I, I I was gonna I'm I'm in exactly the same place in that I love both options I actually probably veer more towards Gucci only in so far as I think uh in terms of con- it, it, you know it's like less upheaval he or he he's been with the club he knows kind of where they're coming from and if he's forward thinking and, and wants to do something slightly different it might be a benefit that he kind of knows where they're coming from not just in a technical sense from what you could watch on tv but but you know mentally so, uh you know what's happening in the locker room what's happening behind the i think the most. Of them. so that could be a yeah, positive sure. you know that's
1: you make that's some all. good points. I mean, he has experience in Turkey. He has plenty of experience at the club now in the, in the coaching staff as okay. well. He's almost got a year on his belt, so that's fantastic. So, we know, With the facility, you know, it, it's correctly. not going to be like Vicente Del Bosque or, or, or Luis Aragones coming into this, you know, like Lines. they didn't yeah. know what they were getting into. And I think that's one of the main issues that foreign coaches have when they get into Turkey. There's this, you have this acclimatism, you know, this this this period of adjustment and you need to get to know the league and all that stuff. And Guti knows all the teams already that there's going to... Well, yeah. I mean, not all the teams. Obviously, the teams that are going to come up from the second division. He doesn't know them yet. But yeah, sure. I mean, he knows he knows what type of football that most of those Anatolian clubs are going to put on the mat against you. How yeah. they're going to try to counter you. What type of... You know, and he knows the type of football that Galstra is going to play. He knows. It.
0: And what I'll add... To what you're to before we move on from that point i think a, a, a major component of the failure of many foreign coaches is at a very base level a kind of underestimation of turkish football in general yep. i think they assume oh look i have these names that i recognize and i'm going against a bunch of these like shepherds who have never heard of but like mm-hmm. you know there is a style in a in a, in a ethos that most turkish football carries through it a, a very hard-working uh, tough physical competitive kind of environment uh, you know, it's it's easy to underestimate Turkish football in you know for, at a, at large. I, I guess at at the very least you could say maybe not one team individually, but as a whole, Turkish football has really moved forward, and I think it's gotten very competitive. And you can easily drop points to sides if you under if you underestimate them, all. and and yeah. you've seen it time and again with foreign coaches. So. That's and, a component and, that I and, think. And, and not just the be.
1: underestimation, I think, also perhaps the overestimation of the strength of your squad. I mean, when you saw Candeli yeah, yeah. come in at Galtray, right? he was adamant at playing three man back line and he just wanted to do that and he just kept forcing it. And he just didn't have yeah, the players for it. And the exactly. same thing with, with Schuster, if you remember at Besiktas, mm-hmm, he wanted uh-huh. to play a stupidly high offensive line defensive line and Remember how many goals we got against uh, on the counter just because we didn't have the players to play that system. And both Prandelli and Schuster were so stubborn in that they wanted to get that. Because, you know, Prandelli probably thought once I get this system in and once the players get it, then... We're, then we're we're the, after the races. Then then we're golden because then nobody yeah. will be able to beat us because then you know once my that's the thing with these systems. Once you get them working, you probably become a super difficult Amazing. team. Yeah, but, but that's, that's the thing. Takes, but you yeah,
0: you gotta yeah. know that's another thing about Turkish culture is that coaches do not get if you if you're looking for like a a, a season to kind of. Uh, get used to well, the position yeah. good luck you know maybe you'll find yourself I mean, somewhere else but you maybe.
1: have so many difficult difficult components because also one of those things is i think one of the things that you also have culturally is when a team is playing bad and the club is financially struggling that club is going to do everything they can do to get those wages paid just to keep the players happy but when that team isn't playing well The club isn't gonna do as much, put in as much of an effort. So that's one of a component that's very combustible. Uh, On top of that, you know, you have the the the the the pressure from the fans, the time that you get from the board, from the fans. How long will they tolerate uh, the system not working out perfectly and all that? Um, On top of that, I think you also just have the reluctance of certain, especially back in those days when you still had that stupid foreigner limit, which is probably gonna come back. Also, (laughs) I think you had those domestic Turks. And, and maybe even whatever German Turks, but I just think you had those Turkish players that were very reluctant in well, shifting away from too, right? their from their yeah, from their four man back line. They they didn't want to get out. They they just I think you had situation you, you created situations where these guys were like, Ah f- you know, f- this guy we're just gonna wait until he's gone and then we can go back to what we like with Risa Chalambay or whatever exactly, yeah. uh, you know that's I think that's also something that's that's that's a mentality issue that was there in the past why many foreign coaches failed I think that in the current environment for as long as it lasts of course but with all these foreigners and quality foreigners that are around I think a, a foreign coach can work and I just think that Guti I mean if he is someone who has a tactical mind who has a good plan and all that which, we, which is still kind of a question mark for us, but <clears throat> I think if he has it in him to become a great coach, then I think he is set up perfectly to to, to do that at Besiktas, uh, because he has... He already knows the league as a player. He didn't play. He didn't play. Uh, sorry, he played here not too long ago. It's just been like eight years, nine years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not too long. I mean, the Turkish football culture hasn't really changed. He knows perfectly what he's going to get into from that perspective, and then from the coaching, he knows what it's like from the bench now too. And like I said, he already knows all the teams in the league, so he knows what to expect. What?
0: Yeah. Well, and what's valuable about what, what you were just saying about him as a foreign. player, player who's come here, is that a side like Basitaj is always going to have some, you know, some guys with good experience abroad coming in, like, at the, yeah. on the lower end, like an Isimat mid maybe on the higher end, like Guti. Um, yeah. Yeah, or the yeah. And, and so he has that experience. He can probably help them settle saying, you know, I know what it feels like to be you know, that yeah. that experience. And the first time you arrive at the airport and, like, there are thousands of people screaming your name. Yeah, you know?
1: And not just that, a guy like, like Guti who has this Massive reputation as former captain of Real Madrid. 14 years in Real Madrid senior squad. Winning Champions Leagues, Winning La Liga. Okay. All that stuff. He just commands so much respect from everyone. Not just from the Turks. You know, with Sergen, all the Turks know who he is. But I, I bet Laich has no clue who I'm I mean, Well, maybe. But, I mean... Laich maybe. Because he has the Muslim background and all that. But, I mean... Let's say that in two, three years, uh, some young European comes in uh, from Europe, you know, from a European league or whatever. They're probably not going to know who Sergan was because it's too long ago already for right, them. Right. And but everyone will still know who Guti is Always. because Guti is a household name, yeah. uh, and he played more recently as well. I mean, he until two thousand and ten he was a Real Madrid uh, player, yeah. so that's still relatively recent. I mean, Serrigan, yeah but the only the only downside with Guti that I what I don't see with Sergen, the thing with Sergen that I could see I could see him wanting to be the Bíchter coach for the next 10 years I could totally see that I mean if he is I think that Bíchter for him could be his ultimate goal in his coaching career Yeah
0: yeah yeah with
1: Gut, with Guti you know that Real Madrid is his goal be, yeah. and you know that if he's at the club and he's doing well for two or three years and then Real Madrid come knocking He's not gonna say no. I think. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So that's the thing with Guti. That's something you need to know in going in in advance with Guti. That he's not gonna be your coach for for, for five, six years. I mean, if he does really well and and, and Real Madrid need a coach in two years, they're gonna come knocking.
0: Yeah, and for he's Guti. likely gonna take it. And, and he
1: and he's likely gonna take it. And the thing with Cela is, if he's gonna do good for five. I mean, that's the thing with with Channel now. You know, the only possibility is that the the national team comes and plucks him away. Bayern München or, or Real Madrid or Barcelona aren't going to come get a Turkish coach. Likely, so, yeah. um, uh, of course, unless he, he does a Jose Mourinho uh, with we Porto win in Champions 2004 yeah, and exactly. wins the Champions League with Bishop of okay, that's a different thing, but that's not going to happen. No. Uh So, that's the. Well, that's come the on, only... Nakan. <laughs> You'd never know. <laughs> that, well, that's this isn't football manager, you know. But that's why. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, only... you, know, you, don't, you know,
0: you never want to dampen uh, all possibilities. You know? no, no, I mean, let's be realistic that's here. The, it's not. That's
1: the thing with, with. That's the only reason that I would pick. No, not the only reason but that's the the main reason where I would why I would pick sellington over guti but then of course now we're going out from the best possible situation where both of them are going to be super successful and you know for for the same for the same money <laughs> they they they they they're fired after 6 months because they just have no because they don't have that build up credit that's you i mean look if any other coach would have done uh, what channel has been doing this season he would have gotten fired but channel has that endless credit but say again if he comes in he's not going to have endless credit because he hasn't won two back he hasn't won back- to-back titles yet Guti hasn't won back- to-back titles so those guys aren't going to get that that same amount of credit now I do think that both of them would get a year just like Slav and bilic uh well Slavon Beach got two years, but I mean he was still allowed to finish that, that that that last year despite the fact that after the Liverpool game everything went down downhill. So I do think that under Orman, whoever if it's whether it's Guti or Saragan, they're both gonna get at least a year. Um but that's just the thing. I think if, if Guti is really successful, I don't think he'll be a best coach for the long term. Unless, of course, Real Madrid get a really good coach that stays there for a long time. But the thing with Guti is And that's the the, the other side, the the downside of the medallion, or how should I put it. Um, He's such a big name in in world football. If he does a really good job, it's not just going to be Real Madrid. There's other clubs that might come knocking. Maybe Atletic Bilbao, or well, probably not because they'll want to bask, but... You know what I mean? Like, there's other Spanish clubs that might want to, you know, pull his sleeve, and, and maybe other clubs, maybe clubs in the Premier League or whatever. So, that's the thing with Guti, and that's the thing you don't have with Sergan. No matter how well Sergan does within realistic parameters, I don't think a foreign club is going to come knocking for him. And that's, you, you'll, you never have to fear, really. And I think with Guti, as soon as he gets the job and as soon as he starts doing well, I think you're going to have the Turkish media just. Blasting rumors out there of oh, Guti got an offer from Real Madrid, blah blah blah blah blah, constantly, yeah, for sure, even if it's not true. Sure. And I just don't that's something we don't need. I think we need serenity when it comes to the coach, yeah.
0: Well, let's see what happens. I'm gonna shut down the rumor today, so we'll see, but. Lots of interesting conversations. Yeah, but to be we had. all
1: we all know that he's taking over the Turkish national team and that this is the end for him at the at the club. I think. It, I, I don't unless time. unless he wins the title this season, which is extremely unlikely, but still possible because it's not mathematically over, and you never know. Um, and the thing is, if we keep playing good, you never know. But uh, I don't know. I I yeah. just don't. I just don't. I I think it's time. I think it was time already. You know, in hindsight, it was timed last summer, but I get why he got those additional six months, but it should have probably been over. Yeah, it's, been time. <laughs> it's been time. We're not going to go down Let's that road. Let's not do that again. again. Everyone knows our opinions, so.
0: Take us out.
1: Sure thing. Uh, you know where to follow us, guys. Uh, on Twitter, of course. You can also find it in the description, but at Besiktas underscore inst. Uh, already mentioned it previously. At Eagles underscore podcast. Please give our podcast account of follower nearly at 200 yeah uh there and we're we're nearly at five thousand on the besitech international account so if you don't follow us there yet please give us a follow there too it would be nice to get to that 5k mark um follow sinan at sir underscore right underscore a lot and follow myself kambayazit at r a z z e r i a n razarian on twitter uh you can also like us on facebook at bishop/ international one big word and um subscribe on itunes subscribe on google play whatever give us a, um, give us a review on itunes yeah. for all eight of you who have already done so thank you very much but please everyone who listens to the podcast and there's plenty of you if all one hundred and seventy of you or whatever it is (laughs) do so and give us a give us a review please because uh apple is really strange they basically classify every review per country. So there's 155 different iTunes stores, and you basically need five reviews to get uh, an actual star rating. So we would te- theoretically need five ratings in every single store. So definitely our u- our big markets, the UK, the US, Germany, Turkey, Belgium, uh, the Netherlands, France, uh, you know, those, those big... Diaspora countries, Australia, Canada, Japan, you know, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, please, so we can get five in each country, so we can get those ratings, and that helps us a lot, would be very much appreciated, but that's uh, that's it for me for today, Um, Sinan, please take us out.
0: Go Go go Besiktas! And, uh, come on, guys, this is it. We'll see you next week. We have a Friday match upcoming on the road against Yeni Malatka score. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Same fat time, same fat channel. <laughs> see you guys. All right, man. Same bat time, same fat channel. Adam West? Yeah, that's, a, that's an old Batman reference. Uh, all right, I really got go to go guys.